I've been trying to spend more time in prayer and meditation. It seems difficult to do, doesn't it? It's such a simple thing. Life just gets in the way sometimes, doesn't it? I've been thanking God for just for everything that he's doing in my life. I've been thanking Jesus for covering our sins and for coming down to earth. And when I started thinking really about that, I, I started wondering why did Jesus really come down to earth? The obvious answer is, is to cover our sins. But the Hebrews already had a system of covering sins before Jesus got here. So was it really because of covering our sins? Or were there other things also? And I looked back to the time of Joseph in Egypt, going all the way back to Egypt several thousand years ago. Joseph was a slave in Egypt. He was actually put into a pit at one point. And he interpreted the dreams of a cupbearer and another person, I don't remember who it was, but they were important people in Pharaoh's life. And Pharaoh had a dream that nobody could interpret. And so they eventually contacted Joseph and asked him to interpret it. And Joseph did interpret it. And he gave the glory to God when he did. This was in Genesis 41. Pharaoh even acknowledged God or, or gods, probably is what it was, rather than God, because Pharaoh considered himself to be a god, even though he wasn't, and we all know that now. But he considered himself to be a god, and so he couldn't acknowledge God as being the god of the universe, since Pharaoh himself was a god, so that just couldn't happen. So he didn't get it, but he did put Joseph in charge of all of Egypt. In Genesis forty forty one it says, you shall be over my house, and all my people shall order themselves as you command. Only as regards to the throne will I be greater than you. So there's no one in Egypt greater than Joseph than Pharaoh himself. That's huge, especially for a person that's not even an Egyptian. But then, of course, Pharaoh died. And a new Pharaoh came up, and Joseph was also dead at that time. And the new Pharaoh knew nothing of Joseph, nothing of what he did for Pharaoh, knew nothing good about the Israelites. He decided to make the Israelites indentured servants, and then eventually turn them into just slaves. And they were slaves for about 200 years. And think about that. America has been a country for 200 years. Before that, we were English, mostly at least. I don't know about you fellow Americans, but I have no idea what it's like to be English. I have no idea what it's like to be European. My descendants are from Europe, but I've been in America my entire life. My father, my grandfather, my great-grandfather, they've all been in America for their entire lives. We know nothing of Europe. So the Israelites were slaves for 200 years, which means they knew nothing about how to govern themselves. They were told when to wake up, when to go to sleep, when to work, how much work they had to do while they were working, when to eat the whole nine yards. They had to take care of their own people, make all their food, and do everything the Egyptians wanted at the same time. Very rough way of life, but very structured. They lived by Egyptian law and Egyptian rule. And from what I can tell, I'm guessing that they were even told that they could not worship God because they knew nothing of God when Moses showed up on the scene. So for 200 years, the entire time that America has been a country, they were told how to live every single second of their lives. So when they left Egypt, they had no idea how to govern themselves. The only laws they knew were Egyptian laws. But did Egyptian laws fit with Hebrews? 
So when Moses led the people out into the desert, they got new laws. God gave them new laws to follow, gave them the Ten Commandments, gave them the instructions on exactly how to build the temple, gave them many other laws. Part of the laws was how to become ritually clean to come into the temple. You had to be clean to come into the temple. Now, I think part of the reason for that was that disease was a very serious thing during those times. And disease isn't a serious thing during these times, is it? But think about it. What are you supposed to do when you come across a person who has COVID? We're right in the middle of COVID right now, in case you're listening to this several years from now. So right now we're right in the middle of COVID. And whenever we come into contact with, with someone who later finds out that they are tested positive for COVID, we are supposed to self-isolate for 14 days to make sure we don't catch the disease. Well, back then, there were a whole lot of diseases. I don't even know if they knew that boiling water would kill germs back then. I, I don't know. But they had rituals. And if you were to do something even to, like, let's say, touch a dead body, which back then there were bodies laying everywhere, unfortunately. But if you were to touch a dead body, you had to ritualistically clean yourself for seven days before you could come into the temple. And that, to me, at least in part, to make sure that you didn't have any diseases, didn't bring any diseases in and, and infect everybody. So God gave them laws to follow. We see this in the parable of the Good Samaritan that Luke talks about in chapter 10, verses 30 through 35. A priest walks down the road, and he sees a man laying on the ground. Now, the man had been stripped naked, beaten half to death, everything he owned was stolen from him by thieves, and he was left for dead. And as far as this priest knew, the man was dead. He wasn't moving. He was covered in blood. And so the priest went to the other side of the road and kept walking because he didn't want to spend seven days, think about that, seven days, isolating yourself, cleaning yourself constantly for seven days, simply because you checked to see whether or not a person was dead. So I would guess a lot of us would probably do the same thing. And a Levite also walked down the road, saw the man, thought he was dead, went to the other side of the road, and walked on. It's understandable that they walked on, because they had these laws where they had to be ritualistically clean to come before God. If they didn't do that, they broke God's laws. I think that one of the reasons that Jesus came down to earth was to replace the law with grace. See, the law said, if you're clean, you come to God. Grace says, come to God, and he will make you clean. Jesus told us that sinning in our, in our hearts, even thinking of sinning, is no different than actually committing the sin. But through Jesus, we have grace, and that grace covers our sins. Because God knew, even if you made yourself ritualistically clean, it doesn't mean that your mind is right. It just means physically you're okay. 2 Timothy 1.9, and this to me says a lot about it. He, God, has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we've done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. Now, I like that before the beginning of time, because I think that God always wanted us to come to him, all of us, not just the Hebrews, but we didn't get it. When Joseph, like I said, when Joseph interpreted Pharaoh's dreams and gave the glory to God, that's Genesis 41-25, Pharaoh acknowledged God, but only as a God, not the God. And if we think about it, we look at the book of Jonah. 
In the book of Jonah, you know, that's famous for Jonah being in the belly of the whale or the fish or whatever you want to call it for three days. But that's not what the book is about. The book is about the city-state of Nineveh and Jonah going there and calling them to repentance in God. And they do. They repent. And they start to follow God. And what does, Joseph, or what does Jonah do? He leaves. He doesn't stay there and minister to them. He doesn't help them understand what, what and who God is. He takes off. I think the Hebrews really failed at showing the Gentiles who God was, because God, I don't think, ever meant himself to be only a God of Hebrews. And in the New Testament, we see that. When Jesus came down, I think part of the reason was to give grace to cover our sins. Like Romans 5.8, God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We didn't have to be clean for Christ to die. We were grafted in to the fellowship of Christians, the fellowship of God by Jesus. We see that in Romans 11, 17, and 18. But if some of the branches were broken off, and you, although a wild olive shoot, were grafted in among the others, and now share the nourishing root of the olive tree, do not be arrogant toward the branches. If you are, remember, it's not you who support the root, but the root that supports you, which means the Jewish people, the Hebrews, the Israelites, and all of the Gentiles, the people who were not sons and daughters of Jacob, are all members of Christ. We're all members of God. We're all members of forgiveness. And that's the second thing that I think that we overlook about when Jesus came down to earth, is the saving of the Gentiles. One of the big things is grace. Grace changing from the law to grace, coming to God when we're clean to coming to God and God making us clean. And the second one, which to me is a huge one that gets overlooked, is Gentiles being officially grafted in to the body of Christ. God wanted us all to come to him. Luke 19.10, for the Son of Man came to seek and save what was lost. And I think that the Hebrews missed the mark, and we Gentiles missed the mark too way back then, about everyone being part of the body of God. And I think that, and this is, this is just my personal thought, because when I think of that, I wonder, why didn't Jesus come to the Gentiles then? Why was he only looking to save the lost of the Jewish nation? There's even one part where a Gentile came to him and he said, you know, I'm not here to help you, I'm here to help the Jewish people. And I wondered about that. But I think that where Jesus, being God, knew that Paul was going to be the apostle to the Gentiles. Paul and Barnabas together, of course. But Paul wrote most of the New Testament. I'm sure Barnabas did quite a lot of work, but I, we attribute a lot to Paul, don't we? So Paul and Barnabas are the apostles to the Gentiles, and I think Jesus didn't want to minimize their ministry. They did so much to come to us, didn't they? God lined it up, and Jesus lined it up for Paul and Barnabas to come to the non-Jewish nations and to let them know that, yes, they are officially grafted in as part of the body of Christ and part of God's creation. And we can come to God, and we can be saved, and we can come to heaven. Personally, I believe that anybody before then that didn't know God officially still had the option to go to heaven after they were dead. I don't think that 
God would never or would not allow somebody to go to heaven simply because they didn't know. And maybe back then ignorance was bliss. <laughs> Who knows? But I think those are the two. Two. I shouldn't say the, the two. There were many reasons why Jesus came to earth. Uh, covering our sins with his death was huge, of course. It was, it was a defining moment in our lives as humans. But I also think two big things, changing the law for grace, and even bigger, officially inviting Gentiles and the rest of the world into the body of Christ so that we could all enjoy God's love. We could all enjoy the promise of heaven. I think those two reasons were very big reasons why Jesus came down to earth. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of Simple Christians. God's blessings on your day.